pod fix. Come get your bags, guys. This place looks worse than the projects. It started out small. It's got measle bumps. It's tick. Vampires of the insect world. A part of Mother Nature's wonder. What's so inspiring about bugs and insects and snakes? But then they grew. Don't move. There's something on your back. Get off now! And grew. Just don't touch it if you don't know what it is. Don't touch it, it attacked me. Unimaginable. Ticks do not get this big. Well, hello and welcome back to the Varmints Podcast, where every week we do a whole bunch of research to educate ourselves and you, the listener, on all things that creep, crawl, slither, fly, jump, hop, and swim on this planet, one animal at a time. My name is Paul, and I am not an animal expert. And I am Kate from Strange Animals Podcast, and I am also not an animal expert. And today we are going to learn about ticks. Mm. Yuck! (laughs) 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 Ah! Ticks! (laughs) But first, the news. This is Varman's Headline News with your anchorman, some guy named Paul. Thank you, Matthew. Well, good news. The Environmental Protection Agency has approved a new chemical that both repels and kills ticks and mosquitoes, and it's called... Newt Catone. And the only reason I picked this news article is because I wanted to say the word Newt Catone a whole bunch. <laughs> Newt Catone. <laughs> Newt Catone. Try it. Newt Catone. Woo. Who made that up? I don't know. <laughs> Newt Catone is an oil that is already used by the food and perfume industries. It is non-toxic to humans and other mammals, birds, fish, and bees. It's hoped that Nootkatone would be accepted (laughs) by people who don't like synthetic repellents and that it could be made cheaply enough to be bought by foreign aid programs that help people around the world that have to worry about malaria and other deadly diseases from ticks and mosquitoes and the like. It comes from grapefruits. Grapefruits? It's totally natural. Yeah. Grapefruits are the best. All right. They help us in so many ways. Yeah, and they give us Nootkatone. Yeah, and vitamin C. (laughs) Nootkatone is not oily, lasts for hours, and has a pleasant grapefruit-like scent. A doctor with the CDC says that if you've ever had Fresca or Squirt, you've already had Nootkatone in your body. Whoa. Yeah. Could I rub Fresca on my body? For the same effect in that case? Because <laughs> that seems like it would be a little bit sticky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Try it out and let me know how it goes for science. Mm, maybe. Probably with all the sugar, it would just attract yeah. the bugs. Oh, no. Even worse. That, that would be bad. <laughs> they like me enough as it is. <laughs> I told my daughter that when she was little... Like, she would get bit by a mosquito, and we would say, oh, it's because you're so sweet. And finally, one day, like, she was maybe five years old, and she had enough of our crap. (laughs) And we told her that, and she was like, stop saying that. (laughs) She didn't want to be sweet anymore. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
Just a reminder to go to varmints.podbean.com for links to the audio and our show notes for today's episode. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at varmintspodcast, all one word, and at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, stories, and suggestions. You can go to Pinterest and put varmints into the search engine and at Redbubble for all kinds of wonderful merch. If you like the show, why not tell a friend about us and introduce them to the podcast? We are everywhere that podcasts are found, and word of mouth is the very best way to help us grow. All right, now let's learn about those cozy, cuddly, cute little ticks. Ticky ticks. Have you ever wondered about animals? What do they look like? Where do they live? Why are some of their legs also hands? Well, we have. So it's time to learn about animals. Yes, we are learning about ticks. Ticks are parasitic arachnids that can be found all over the world, literally all over the world. All that is required for a tick to survive are plenty of hosts and a little bit of humidity. So even penguins in Antarctica have ticks. Oh it's gosh. not very often you get a, a little animal that occurs on all seven continents, but ticks are one of them. Nobody lives on Antarctica. Except for penguins and ticks. <laughs> what a combination. <laughs> ticks are either classified uh, as hard ticks that belong to the Ixodidae family or soft ticks that belong to the Argacidae family. Adult ticks have egg or pear-shaped bodies, eight legs, and are somewhere in the three millimeter to five millimeter long range. That's how big they get. That's too big or big enough. <laughs> there are around 900 species of tick, and ticks fossilized in amber suggest that they have been around for about 150 million years or so. Wow. Too long. Too long. Yeah. Ugh. We we're gonna we're, we're gonna do a lot of uh and yuck and uh sounds yeah. today. We we live in a charmed time where we have ticks, but yeah. not dinosaurs. At least you know not big dinosaurs. <laughs> you know we have the little chirpy ones. Oh yeah, and they get ticks too. Yes, everything gets ticks. Oh, we all get ticks. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully we, not today. Hopefully not today. Oh gosh. I've been, I, I, I haven't even been outside hardly today and I'm over here checking my hair. Oh. <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> we get the English word tick from the Middle English word tickia, which means parasitic animal. Hmm. There aren't really male, female, and baby ticks. Ticks occur in either the egg, larva, nymph, or adult stage. The collective noun for a group of ticks is a colony, or swarm, or <laughs> holy crap, there's too many ticks. <laughs> that sounds so horrible. <laughs> I added that last swarm one. Swarm of ticks. Just a just a <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> well, that's what I call them. Ugh. <laughs> the tick has evolved to be as efficient as possible to find a host and get at its blood. That includes its legs. The tick only has six legs when it hatches, but its other two legs grow during the larval stage until by the time it reaches the nymph stage, it has all eight legs. Each leg has seven segments with a pair of tiny claws at the end. 
which means the tick can easily grab onto an animal's fur or a person's clothing and crawl around on it. But the first pair of legs has a structure that's unique to ticks called Haller's organ. Breath. <laughs> Haller's organ is a tiny sensory pit on the legs lined with tiny hairs called seedy that detects chemical signatures, humidity, the movements of air currents, and infrared light. It does everything. All these things help a tick find a host. Chemical signatures are basically smells, so the tick can smell you with its front legs. Increases in humidity indicate an animal's breath, and when an animal walks, it disturbs the air as it moves through it. So by detecting the movements of tiny air currents, the tick can sense which direction a potential host is going and how fast. And, of course, infrared light is associated with heat. All warm-blooded animals give off infrared light, and the tick can also sense that with its front legs. Uh. A tick will crawl onto a twig or a grass stem or something and wave its front legs around, which is called questing. If it senses an animal approaching, it will run towards it and try to grab hold as the animal passes by, and then it does horrible, horrible things. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it does. I don't want to think about it. Oh, well, you're going to have to, because I'm going to talk about what happens when a tick lands on you. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> when almost any other insect lands on you, you can either slap it, or you can flick it, or you can swish it away, or you can you can whap at it like a, a mosquito. Not so with a tick. <sighs> when a tick latches on, it stays there, and it's because of its mouth parts. I love the word mouth parts. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more horrible than the thought of mouth parts. Mouth Ugh. parts. <laughs> Especially tick mouth parts. Oh, They're the worst. They are. Tick mouth parts are covered in hooks that they use to get under the surface of the host skin <laughs> and attach themselves for several days. Oh, it gets better. <laughs> oh, yuck. <laughs> when a tick lands on you, it uses two sets of hooks, and each set looks like a little hand with three hooked fingers. Oh my gosh. So those hooks dig in and they wriggle their way into the skin and they do it in unison. They do it at the same time. And they do that a few times and it looks like that they are swimming into the skin because they go in and they just sort of pull and then go in and pull. Ugh. Yeah. And that pulls the skin out of the way so that the tick can insert another mouth part called the hypostome. Now the bottom of the hypostome, guess what? It also has a whole bunch of hooks on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. More hooks. Uh, yuck. Those hooks act like little harpoons or little anchors, and that's what keeps the tick right there for a very, very long time. All of these little hooks, by the way, have barbs on them, and they're backward facing. So, once they're in, they don't just pull out. Uh, kind of like um, a, a snake's hook. teeth kind of bend inward. Oh. Yeah, or like if you've ever if you've ever driven like if you're in a in an airport and you drive over the spikes, but you can't back <laughs> up over them or else your tires will blow. Oh, that's kind of like how those little hooks are. Oh man. Mm-hmm. 
tick saliva has compounds that help the blood to pool under the surface of the skin, and then they just drink it up like they're drinking from a straw. Ugh. Oh, gross. (laughs) Once a tick has attached, it can stay there for a very, very, very long time. In fact, a western black-legged tick, which is one of the main transmitters of Lyme disease along the Pacific coast of the United States, those ticks live for about three years. But in that time, it only eats once for every life stage. So just three big meals. And an an adult female tick drinks so much blood that its weight increases 200 times. Oh, man. I mean, I sort of felt like that today. But (laughs) I do that every day. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) I ate 11 chicken nuggets today. I was going to say, we were talking before the show about how you usually get a five-piece. Like a little four-piece. Or a little four-piece, and you got an 11-piece today. Yeah, I ordered a 10-piece because I was foolish, and they gave me an extra one, and I ate it. <laughs> but, yeah. Ticks. It, it, uh. you, you can tell by her laughter that it did not go well. No, I have not been feeling well this afternoon, <laughs> and talking about ticks is not helping. <laughs> I'm never going outside ever again. <laughs> I'm going to hire a brave person to mow my lawn for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is normally the time where I talk about uh, endangered animals and the IUCN status of animals and where you can go to see those animals in the wild. There actually are endangered ticks, and the IUCN does kind of indirectly keep an eye on them. So ticks might only have one or two host species, and if that host is endangered or threatened, any parasites that are specific to that animal, they're going to be endangered or threatened as well. So, for instance, there was a new species of tick that was discovered in Australia in 2018 called the Heath's tick. And that tick survives exclusively on mountain pygmy possums, which are critically endangered. So it made that tick critically endangered, too. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> There's... What did I say? There was 900 species or 9,000? 900 species of tick. There's plenty of ticks. They're not all going to live. Yeah. So this is the part of the podcast where I tell you to go see animals for yourself. And I don't want you to go see ticks for yourself. If you go hiking, you might see a tick later on attached to you. Hopefully not. (laughs) Um, If you want to study ticks later on, kids, if you're in school, you want to study ticks, you'll know where to find them. (laughs) Um, But generally, seeing a tick is not a great thing. So just look at them on your computer. Yeah, but that's also kind of gross. Although interesting, I have to say, because I've been looking at a lot of ticks this week, and they're, I mean, I don't want them near me, but they are very interesting to look at. Yeah, they're, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, maybe not the up-close pictures, but, you know. Here's what I'll say about looking at ticks. If you're not bothered by looking at a spider, you're not going to be bothered by looking at a tick. Yeah. They're they're in and that same category. Some people can't look at spiders. Some people see a spider and just... That's how I am about whip scorpions. Oh. Yeah, those things are disgusting. Ooh. I'm Well, I mean, 
that's not a very objective thing for me to say, <laughs> but yeah, they are not my favorite. So I can look at pictures of spiders all day. I think spiders are really neat and whip scorpions are related, but I can't look at them. They just creep me out. <laughs> yeah. Ticks? Sure. I mean, I don't want to look at their mouth parts. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Well, we're going to talk about ticks and pop culture and a couple other things, but we're going to do that right after Kate tells us yeah. about the Strange Animals podcast. Yes, Strange Animals podcast is my regular podcast, and you can find it everywhere. It's called Strange Animals podcast, and we talk about animals, many of which are strange, some of which are extinct, and some of which are possibly not real, but we have fun finding out, and um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> that covers it. That's it. It's <laughs> good podcast. <laughs> If you haven't checked it out already, please go check it out. How long have you been doing that podcast? Two years? Three years? About a hundred years. A hundred years? <laughs> three, three and a half, I think now. Three and a half? Yeah, I started wow. in February of 2017, I think. Wow, that is yeah. so cool. How Do you know how many episodes you're up to? Not to put you on the spot, how many episodes are you up to? I think Mondays is 186. That is amazing. Uh, it might be 185. I can't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, entirely too many podcasts about <laughs> strange animals. But I will keep going until I get bored and or run out of animals. And I'm never going to run out of animals. <laughs> no. And this is the nice thing about this, these kind of mm -hmm. podcasts. Is it's just you're never going to run out of material. No. Ever. And there's a lot of strange animals out there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this here's animal rancher and expert at large, Cotton Shorts. You know Paul and Don are just a couple of nerds like you, and they don't usually get to see animals in the wild, but so we'll talk about them where they usually do get to see them, which is to say on popular culture, books, movies, television, and video games. Okay, so here's the theme song of the show I'm talking about today, and maybe you will recognize it. I love that so much. Wow! And I can picture every scene because I have watched so many episodes of the Tick cartoon. You? Oh have yeah! You, I know you've seen it, right? 
Oh, absolutely. The, okay. the cartoon and the uh, the live action, the two live action series. Yeah, I haven't seen the most recent live action one, but I love the 2001 one. I think it was 2001, early 2000s that with Patrick Warburton. Yes. Burton, he was perfect as the Tick. So, but for those of you who might not be familiar with the Tick, he is a nigh invulnerable superhero, one of the weirdest and best superheroes ever invented. And the artist, Ben Edlund, created the Tick when he was only 18 years old, back in 1986. And in 1986, I was mostly listening to bad hair metal and reading Dragonlance books, which did not prepare me for my future career as a podcaster, I gotta say. <laughs> so, but I love the Tick. I have the comic books, or at least the, a couple of the collections, and I love the Saturday morning cartoon series. I used to watch it with my cousin, and this was... This, I gotta say, was not when I was a kid, because I'm a little older than that, but my cousin, one of my cousins was in uh, college near where I was living, and we would get together on Saturdays and watch The Tick every day, every week, I guess. So, that, yeah, I, I also love the early live-action TV show, but I have not seen the new one, so is it good? It is really, really good. I think it only lasted a couple of seasons, but... yeah. Yeah, the, 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 actor's the first name, one only had one season, so it's doing better than that one. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. The guy, I'm trying to think of the actor's name. Let me. I have to. I have to Google it. Okay. <laughs> Bear with me. Tick. TV. Peter Serafinowicz. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was excellent. Awesome. Ah, oh, that show. Was I so heard good. that one. I heard it was a little darker than the other Tick stuff. Do you did you think that a little like darker, a little but grittier and darker? A little bit, but every bit is funny. Oh my gosh! Now I have to see it. Yeah, I think it's on. I think it's on Amazon Prime, but I'm not sure. I'll let you know. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. All right. So anyway, the Tick, the superhero, the Tick has antennae on his head, but that's inaccurate because actual ticks are arachnids, so they don't have antennae. But the tick also doesn't have eight legs, so we'll let the antennae thing slide. <laughs> <laughs> well, my pop culture pick this week is a movie. You heard the trailer for it at the beginning of the show. It's called Ticks. It's a 1993 direct-to-video horror film starring Peter Scolari, Amy Dolenz, Seth Green, Alfonso Ribeiro, and Clint Howard. That sounds like it's probably... Really high quality with good special effects, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good that the theaters couldn't handle it. They just had to put it direct to video because... They didn't want to scare anyone too much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the basic plot is a group of troubled teenagers are led by social workers on a California wilderness retreat, not knowing that the woods they are camping in have become infested by mutated, blood-sucking ticks. Uh, you know, they could have had just regular ticks and it would have been a pretty good horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> Why, they don't have to be mutated. <laughs> Peter Scolari uh, plays a drug dealer and he's growing, I think, marijuana. And he's using the fertilizer on the marijuana and the runoff from the fertilizer. Oh, no. Mutates the ticks and the ticks uh, grow really big. I know this because I watched the movie so that you wouldn't have to, and it's really bad. <laughs> I wasn't going to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Thank you for letting me have the tick cartoon. <laughs> you know what? Go ahead. If you've exhausted every other movie that's ever been made and you need to watch a movie, go ahead and watch ticks. It doesn't cost you anything but time. <laughs> I don't know. Time is precious. <laughs> <laughs> it took five weeks to shoot the film. The film was made and released internationally under the title Ticks. And the film was briefly test marketed to U.S. theaters in 1993 under under the title Infested. That's a better title. I think so. Yeah, that's a much better title. And then they changed it back to Ticks for video and TV, and it became a minor cult classic under that name. <laughs> Whenever somebody says it's a minor cult classic, it's probably not good. Yeah. It means that people are, are are like laughing at it and not with it. Yeah. Sometimes that can be really fun though. Oh yeah. Um this is just it's bad though. It got five and a half <laughs> five and a half out of ten on IMDB. Wow. It got a very surprising sixty seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yes, but wow. there was there was only <laughs> there was only six people reviewing the movie. Oh, so <laughs> uh, and the, three of them apparently were friends of of the people who made it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the The eight hundred ninety two user ratings are very poor, though. They're thirty two percent. Oh, oh boy! And usually the user ratings are way higher than the official rating. Yeah. So yeah, that's not a good sign. I pulled a clip of Seth Green talking about his time on the movie Ticks. He was on the David Letterman podcast back in 1999. So here's that. And, and, and what was the movie Ticks? Is that the name of the film? Yeah. Um, Ticks is a, is a movie that I did. Uh, it's one of those things. It seemed like a really good idea at the time. And uh, <laughs> the guy who directed Hellraiser 2 was directing it. So it could have been like a horrific monster movie. And uh, we, we just all... Stop taking it seriously. Yeah. You know, midway through. It was supposed to be a serious film. It was. My character. A serious treatment of ticks. The menace of ticks. Well, you know, the idea was there were these mutated wood ticks, and we were like a summer camp expedition. (laughs) But uh, my my character was uh, agoraphobic and uh, had been beaten as a child. And I was like, ooh, background history. Yeah, I can do something with this. And uh, midway through, I was just like, ooh, let's be silly. Uh So. (laughs) But everybody did. We all had dialogue like, ticks do not get that big. That's Oscar Uh, caliber. Did the thing do any business at all? I think it went straight to video, Dave. Wow. (laughs) I think we we have an example. uh, Oh, do you? You know what? Do you have any idea what we're going to look at? No, am I blushing? I I guess it don't make any difference. Take a look, ladies and gentlemen. Ticks. I think that line was actually in the trailer at the beginning of the show. That I heard tic- it. It yeah. Ticks aren't supposed to get that big. <laughs> Ew. The entire movie is available on the FilmRise YouTube channel, uh, and it's not like you know it's it's there legally. You can watch it for free if you want to have two hours of nothing else. I guess if you're if you're bored, you can watch Ticks on YouTube. I don't think I will, but I'll keep that in mind <laughs> when I run out of the tick episodes. <laughs> when... <laughs> I'll put the link in the show notes, and if you're really bored, you can go click on it and watch the movie. <laughs> Mummy, what's for dinner? It's the elbow of a snake. <laughs> Mummy, I can't eat that. Well, would you eat that? 
Mmm, how about a big, nice big bowl of ticks, Kate? Oh, no, 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 no. All those grabby legs. Oh, no, no, no. And mouth parts. Uh, I'm not eating any ticks. No ticks for me. No, I think it's safe to say that we're not. (laughs) We're not going to eat a tick anytime soon. But what does eat ticks are ants, frogs, lizards, chickens, wild turkeys, guinea fowl, and of course, opossums. Opossums eat about 5,000 ticks every week. That's amazing. Yeah. If it weren't for opossums, we would have a lot more ticks in the world, and we do not need a lot more ticks in the world. Nope. I like opossums, and now I like them even more. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, possums. Good job. Is your brain a repository of useless information like mine is? Silly question. Of course it is. Well, let's help you win that next trivia night, shall we? Or perhaps we could just make you sound like the smartest person in the room. With this, the Animal Fact of the Week. The Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, just finished up a research study to figure out where on the human body is the most likely spot to find ticks. People mailed in a total of 748 black-legged ticks that had been attached to themselves or another human. Those people were then asked to describe where on the body those ticks were found. Where would you think the majority of the ticks were pulled off of? Um, the scalp. Or you behind would think the ears. that. That that was my first thought was the, the scalp. Uh-huh. It's actually the thigh. 16 of them were pulled off of oh, the thigh. Yuck. Yeah. And another 7% were Mm. pulled from the groin. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. I had one on the back of my calf once that I didn't. It was one of those teeny ones, and I didn't know about it until the next morning. And I got it out, but it got really infected. Yeah, it was. And it itched. And hurt, and it itched and hurt, and itched and hurt for about six months. Six months? Six months. God. Yeah, it was horrible. I thought I was probably going to have to chop my whole leg off. Oh, no. (laughs) It wasn't that bad. I'm exaggerating. (laughs) It kind of makes sense, though, because if you're hiking, you might be wearing shorts. Yeah. And like you say, the, the little ticks they're questing, they might grab onto your thigh or... Yep. You know, your groin. Ugh. Oh, no. Ticks were also pulled from other hard-to-see locations, including the scalp, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. the armpits, belly button, and the back of the knee. Oh. Oh. The researchers guessed that that might be an example of natural selection, so ticks that attached to humans in hard-to-spot places were more likely to survive and pass that trade along. So what happens if you find a tick somewhere on your body? There are some old wives' tales. <laughs> First you faint. First <laughs> Yes. Oh, there's a tick on my groin. What am oh I going to do? <laughs> well, going to set my whole body on fire. <laughs> I'm guessing that's not step one. No. <laughs> there are some old wives' tales that you've probably have heard of about how to remove a tick. None of them are a great idea. So the idea of applying rubbing alcohol, petroleum jelly, or nail polish remover, 
uh, is more likely going to cause the tick to regurgitate, and that's going to spread potentially infective material to the bite. Using... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I keep doing that. Oh, no, I don't blame you. (laughs) It's spontaneous, I promise you. (laughs) Some people will say that using a cigarette or a lit match, you know, you, you burn its little butt and it pulls its head out, that doesn't work. Also, you're getting an open flame really, really close to somebody else's body. Mm. You know, and also don't smoke. Do you smoke? No, I don't smoke. Yeah. Don't, it's don't, gross. Don't smoke. Yeah, it's bad for you and it smells bad. Yeah. And it if attracts you... ticks. And it no. does it really? No. <laughs> no. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> I made that up. You can cut that out. <laughs> Yeah, no, don't don't use a lit match or a cigarette. That's going to injure the tick, which you want, I guess, but it's going to mm. make it dig its head in a little bit deeper and it, you might burn the person that's has the tick, which makes their life a little extra hard. Yeah, plus they'll be mad at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be mad and have a tick and a burn. <laughs> yeah. You're just this is terrible. <laughs> Especially if it's on their groin. (laughs) (laughs) No open flames there. Get that cigarette away from a groin. (laughs) No. No matches. (laughs) Match free zone. So if you find a tick on on your person, here is what to do. Use tweezers to grab the tick where it attaches to the skin, like right there at the base. Um, If you do a lot of hiking or you spend a lot of time outdoors where there are ticks, you should always carry a nice, clean set of tweezers with you. Even if not for ticks, then for splinters or bee stings, you'd be surprised how handy tweezers come in, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, I've got one in my first aid kit that I'd take hiking. Very useful. Very, very useful. The next part after you've grabbed it with the tweezers is to pull the tick straight out pulls very slowly, very firmly. Don't jerk or twist the tick and don't squeeze the tick's abdomen, which you shouldn't do anyway because you've grabbed the tick by the by the head or right down near the skin. This is horrifying. <laughs> Once the tick is removed, you have to wash the area as soon as possible with soap and water. If a little bit of the tick is left in you, like the mouth parts, Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. That, those will work their way out. Your body will just kind of push those out over time. I was always under the impression when I was a little kid that if you pulled a tick out and you left the head, like somehow the head would wind up in your bloodstream and that's how you got Lyme disease. Oh, no. Yeah. Pretty sure it doesn't work like that. It does not Thank work like goodness. that. <laughs> I mean, it's bad enough, but <laughs> that would be even worse. Yep. And the fourth uh, step, and I, I I would probably have a hard time doing this. If possible, oh. save the tick. Ooh. Yeah, it might help. <laughs> it might help doctors make a more accurate diagnosis in, oh. in, if you get sick. So, and if you get a tick, you have to remove it right away as soon as yeah. possible. That's why you should carry tweezers with you. Because mm-hmm. the sooner you remove a tick, the more you reduce your chances of getting sick. Yeah. That's horrible. It sure is. Yep. 
<laughs> so the best way to avoid having to remove ticks is to not have ticks around where you live in the first place. That just makes sense. So some neighborhoods, I read a study, some neighborhoods have started providing bait boxes for small animals like chipmunks and mice. And there's yummy food inside for the animals, but to get to the food, an animal has to walk under a cloth that's soaked in insecticide. The cloth brushes insecticide on the animal's back, and after that, any tick that gets on the animal dies. And the great thing is, it not only doesn't hurt the chipmunk or mouse or what have you, it actually helps it. The animal gets a little extra food and doesn't have to worry about ticks. And the people who live nearby also don't have to worry about there being as many ticks to get on them or their pets. Nice. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty neat solution. That is all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to this show. This show is brought to you with technical support by Matthew Chomo, bed music by Kevin McLeod. Our logo was created by Imran Javed. Our vocal talent today was... Chris Green, Stacey and Frosty, and Justine and Santiago. Kate, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Varmints. Oh, I had a great time as always. Tell everybody about your podcast one more time. Uh, it's Strange Animals Podcast. You can go to strangeanimalspodcast.blueberry.net if you want to look at the website, which has lots of pictures. That's blueberry without any E's. Or you can just look up Strange Animals Podcast in your uh, podcast app. It should be everywhere. Blueberry. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, it's the Rugrat Corner. If you have a Rugrat eight years of age or younger that wants to be on the podcast, send us a message on Facebook or email us at varmintspodcast at gmail.com for details. We make it super easy for your Rugrat to hear their voice on the podcast. And this week we have Jacob and Emmett. They have something to say about ticks. Okay, what are your names? Jacob. Emmett. And what do you guys think about ticks? Are they cool or not cool? There are good things and some bad things about ticks. So what are some bad things? Some bad things are that they can bite you and carry diseases. And if they carry a disease, you can know that by taking them off and freezing them. And then you can send them off for testing. That way you'll know if they have a disease or not. And how did we learn that? Because our mom, you, ha has had that happen before. Oh, no. And what is good about ticks, Emmett? That possums and chickens eat them, and they're good for them. <laughs> Thank you for having us on the podcast. Thank you. Oh, my Thank gosh. You guys. That was really informative. Yep. <laughs> and also adorable. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the good thing about ticks is that other animals eat them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much the only thing I can think of that's good about ticks, to be honest. That's it. That's like when we did the mosquitoes episode and we talked about what the impact of like just getting rid of all the mosquitoes and it's you, it's not that simple like yeah a lot of things Bats eat mosquitoes would starve. yeah that other voice you heard was Lindsay she is the host of two podcasts Corpus Delicti which is a true crime podcast that she does with her co-host Jen 
and another podcast called Mugshot, which she hosts by herself. It's a single narrator, storytelling, true crime podcast. It's really good. Not nearly as murdery. Uh, and they're both really good <laughs> podcasts. Go go check them out. Sound Thanks, everybody, again for listening. And until next time. Oh, be nice to animals. <laughs> not ticks, though. But maybe not ticks. Maybe not ticks. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave the ticks alone. And hopefully they'll leave you alone. This has been a transmission of the Podfix Network. For more about this show and other great Podfix programs, go to podfixnetwork.com. Newt Catone, try it! Newt Catone! Newt Catone! Newt Catone, try it! Newt, 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 Newt Catone! Try it! Try it! Try it! Newt Catone! Try it! Newt Catone! Newt Catone, try it! <laughs> <laughs>